What's up, guys? Welcome to the AFW College Podcast. We're here with more encouraging content to help you thrive in your relationship with Jesus during your college years. My name is Jordan Ramirez. I'm here with our college pastor, the one and only Dr. Ben Moss. Ben, how you doing today, dude? Doing great. I'm great to be here with you, Jordan, and excited to be talking about discipleship. Discipleship. I, again, I can't believe that this is not on the on the podcast, but uh, man, this is so important, just like to who we are as a college ministry, uh, how we believe we, we grow in our relationship with Jesus, and uh, how we believe that we go on mission for Him. It's all just wrapped up in this great awesome word, discipleship. Uh, so that's what we're going to be talking about today. Uh, that might be a new word for some of you guys, so we'll, we'll go into more detail of exactly what we mean. But uh, as we just talk, start talking about this, I just want to put our, our goal out there right up front, all right? Um, this this word discipleship, we, we are emphasizing this and uh, with hope that maybe we can inspire the listeners here uh, that whatever stage of life you are in, in your walk with Jesus, in your faith, there is a calling on your life uh, to make disciples all of us, no matter where we're at. Uh, If we are a disciple of Jesus, then it is also our calling and in our capacity to then go and make disciples. Then why is this on your heart so much? That's so good, man. I think that could be the podcast uh, recording. Should I stop recording? (laughs) Should we go home? Is that good? (laughs) That's awesome. (laughs) Uh, You know, I I think what's on my heart with this is that, you know, when I was in college, I think there was this misconception that I had in my mind that discipleship was really for the ones and twos that had kind of arrived in their relationship with Jesus. And Mm -hmm. I don't know why I had that misconception, but it was just that. It was a misconception. And uh, for me personally, Personally, when I had a mentor, when I had one other person that came alongside me and walked closely with me, ultimately, Mm -hmm. and just pointing me to Jesus, it wasn't about the person that was discipling me. It was about who they were pointing towards, which Mm -hmm. was Jesus. It changed my life. I mean, literally, man, I came in one way in college and I came out another because of this little vehicle or this mechanism Mm -hmm. called discipleship, uh, which really is just about one person following Jesus and inviting somebody else to do the same uh, alongside of them. And, Mm -hmm. you know, I hope that as we journey and talk a little bit about discipleship here, our our listeners will discover um, that you don't have to be this like, super perfect Christian, Mm -hmm. you know, in order to point somebody else to Jesus. Uh, But there's actually so much life in doing that. There's so much joy uh, in getting to do that. And when you are not just living as a pond, meaning that you're just receiving from the Lord, Mm -hmm. but you're living as a stream and you have the life of Jesus flowing in you and then out of you, there's something inside of us that just goes, we're made for this. And, you know, that's a cool idea, but it's actually in the Bible too. (laughs) In in Matthew 28, Uh verses 19 and 20, Jesus said, go and make disciples of all nations. Mm -hmm. And, you know, these were Jesus's like parting words. And, you know, anybody's parting words, you're kind of tuning in, Uh especially if they're the son of God. They're they're important. And uh, this is the blueprint that he gave us. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it was God's plan A in the world, I don't mm-hmm. know why he set it up this way, but right. that discipleship would be one of those means, one of those avenues, one of those uh, pathways that many people would come to know him. Yeah, 
like you're it, you're so right that it it enriches our own walk and again that is just the way that God made our relationship with him that we're not called to just be isolated me and God kind of monks right but there's also uh, <laughs> but monks the, if you feel called to be a monk cool, that's yeah, fine they, they they definitely have great relationship with the Lord as well yes. uh, but uh, more than likely you're called to live in community with fellow believers and yes. and whether that's people uh, in the in the same you know stage their walk you know or or you know even a little newer and a little uh, bit less ad- advanced less knowledgeable uh, there is this awesome call that that we get from the Lord himself to sharpen one another and in the, the process being sharpened you know all the while so Ben as we start talking about discipleship we've touched a little bit on why we think it's so important but um, let would you just go into a little greater detail why? discipleship, when we're talking about how to live in community, how to progress in our own uh, faiths, our own walks with the Lord, why uh, do we think discipleship is so important in that? Totally. Well, I want to give two simple reasons. And uh, the first one is that it's who you are. And mm-hmm. so that, that word discipleship, it comes first from the root word disciple. There it is. And if you actually examine the scriptures, what you'll find is that the word Christian was only used three times in the entire New Testament. Mm-hmm. But the word disciple was used 261 times. Mm-hmm. Uh, to be more specific, 72 times in Matthew, 46 in Mark, 37 in Luke, 78 in John, and 28 in in the book of Acts. Mm-hmm. So you and I were called Christians today, mm-hmm. but Jesus used a term that I think was actually a little bit scarier. <laughs> and <laughs> yeah. that was the word disciple. Yeah. Uh, so now, cool. disciple comes from the Greek word methetus. Mm-hmm. And so if you were in the Jewish context in which the scriptures were written, you would have understood methetus really well. Mm-hmm. Because what methetus meant is that if you were from the ages of six to 10, you would go to a Jewish temple and you would sit at the feet of a rabbi. And it was a huge honor to be asked to go and do this. Mm-hmm. And you would learn from that rabbi and eventually at a certain point in your development and growth, you would then be called that rabbi's disciple. Mm. And it was because there was enough intimacy between you and that rabbi. There there was enough like uh, learning and depth and Mm -hmm. heart transformation that was happening um, for you to then become that rabbi's disciple. So Mm -hmm. the point is, you know, I think before we can even begin talking about making disciples, we have to understand what a disciple really is. And a disciple is very simply someone who sits at the feet of their rabbi. Mm -hmm. And we just happen to have the rabbi of all rabbis in our lives, and his name is Jesus Christ. Uh, And he calls us to be his students, to be his pupils, Mm -hmm. to be covered from sitting in the dust of of sitting at his feet. You know, I love the, the, the classic passage with Mary and Martha, where Martha is distracted by many things, and there's Mary sitting at the feet of Jesus, just gazing into his eyes, beholding him, looking at him, receiving from him. Um, Mm -hmm. And as she's doing that, Jesus says, Mary, you've chosen the one thing Mm -hmm. that is better than anything else, 
and it's me. And so that really is the the heart of what it means to be a disciple, Mm -hmm. uh, to simply belong to Jesus, to learn from Jesus, to look at him. Mm -hmm. And then we actually have something to give away to other people, right? Mm -hmm. And then we're not giving away ourselves, we're giving away him, which is really what we want. We want other people to come to know him uh, more than anything else. And so I just think it's important that when it comes to the why conversation, we get those priorities right first, Mm -hmm. that we're first of all called disciples or followers of Jesus before we're called to respond to that and go and make disciples. Yeah, totally. And I love how you, you define kind of being a disciple as that Mary picture of someone that just sits at Jesus's feet, because yeah. again, we talk about people feeling like they they have to reach this spiritual bar before you can make disciples. Uh, being a disciple isn't, you know, uh, you know how many degrees you have from a from a seminary. It's sure. not um, how many people you uh, have, you know, listening to your podcast or whatever it is. You know, it's <laughs> uh, it's just simply you being a person that sits at Jesus's feet, uh, and if you prioritize him in that way uh, and go to him for for knowledge and wisdom and and love and satisfaction uh, that is what makes you someone who Jesus then says go make disciples yeah. because you first been a disciple go and make disciples yes. other reason we we really do the why again is uh, because Jesus did it himself <laughs> I yeah. mean, that is kind of how that's kind of how we base most things that we do did Jesus do it <laughs> Okay, I might try it. That sounds like something I want to try. Yeah. Uh, go into just kind of how Jesus really models discipleship during his ministry. Sure. Well, you know, there's so many different places in Scripture we could go to to capture this other second why. Um, but one of my favorites is is Mark 3.14. Mm. And, uh, you know, it's pretty simple, but it, it says this, And he appointed twelve, whom he called apostles, the disciples, mm-hmm. that they might be with him, and he might send them out to preach. Now, in that one verse, we get this revelation of this number 12. And, you know, oftentimes we're like, oh, you know, 12 disciples, yeah, you know, we kind of talk about it and it's fun. Mm-hmm. But I was fascinated by this because here is Jesus in the New Testament healing the masses, restoring people's lives, you know, just radical transformation taking place. Mm-hmm. Literally thousands of people are gathered and he goes, I'm going to select 12 average Joes. Yeah. And to spend time with them, and then it says, you know, first to come near to him and then to send them out to preach. Mm. Now, either Jesus wasn't trained in the ways of our 21st century models that say bigger equals better, or he had a completely different strategy for reaching the entire world. Mm -hmm. And it's the second one. He had a completely different (laughs) strategy. Uh And, you know, Jesus, time and time again, he flips our scripts. And and the the script he's flipping here uh, is he's going, hey, I'm not looking to fascinate the masses. I'm looking for a few people who want to follow me Mm -hmm. and really, you know, give their lives to me and orient their lives around me. I think Jesus understood better than anybody else that if we want to change the world, we should invest in a few. That's why he had 12, and then he actually had three, Peter, James, and John, Mm -hmm. who liked to talk about that they were closer to him (laughs) than the other disciples. They make sure you know. Yeah, Yeah, they they make sure you know. They mention it. Mm -hmm. And the guy who really makes sure you know is... John, and he's the one, he's the only one that actually goes all the way to the cross at the very end. So, Mm -hmm. 
you know, Jesus invested in a few people, and that was his model. It was it was his illustration. Mm-hmm. You know, just a little practical way to to think about this. Mm-hmm. Uh, if there's four people who are listening to this episode, uh, if those four people decided that in year one they were going to point three other people to Jesus in the context of a discipleship relationship, at the end of year one, how many disciples would you have, Jordan? I believe that's 16. 16. 16 right? okay, Not cool. a math major, <laughs> no, but no, you no, got no. it, all yeah. right? So you have 16 people walking more closely with Jesus. Mm-hmm. If those 16 people then decided they were going to invest in three other people, at the end of year two, you would have 64. Mm-hmm. At the end of year three, 256. At the end of year five, you'd have over 1,000 people that are walking more closely with Jesus through this vehicle, through this mechanism, through this avenue mm-hmm. of discipleship. Yep. And that's the power of multiplication versus addition. Yeah, that's awesome just to think about and think even more how just that model of discipleship has sustained Jesus's kingdom for, you know, 2000 years. Just yeah. this just this strategy because his strategy of 12, you see the 12 once he leaves being able to care. I mean, in two chapters after Jesus is gone, Acts 2, right? The, all of a sudden, these disciples that he trained up are now leading revival in Jerusalem, right? Yeah. After Pentecost, you see almost immediately, Jesus was right. This strategy works, right? Um, so it's so cool. Uh, it fills us with so much vision, so much confidence in this strategy. Uh, and as we kind of get bought into this original strategy that Jesus employed, Ben and, and listeners want to get started, want to figure out how they can partner with the Lord in this way. Uh, the question comes up, who? right who do i who do i go to uh who do i uh, invest in can you just talk a little bit about how someone might start answering that question once they want to jump in on discipleship yeah it's a great question you know i like to say this when it comes to the who think about a few nice when it comes to who think about the few just like jesus was modeling for us as we've talked about you know uh, a great story on this uh, was actually the the guy who discipled me in college his mm-hmm. his name was rocky and uh, rocky met me at a subway uh, near the university that I was going to mm-hmm. at the time and uh, you know he just kind of got to know me he invested in me we did the basics of the kingdom. We spent time with Jesus together, you know, mm-hmm. and uh, we read the Bible together, and he was an encouragement for me. And after about six months, Rocky came to me and he said, Ben, um, the things we've been doing together, I now want you to go and do with somebody else. And mm-hmm. he said, why don't you just begin by by praying that the Lord would lead you to, to somebody else that you could just help point to Jesus or, yeah. you know, help them take one step closer to Jesus. And I was like, okay, I can do that. And the Lord led me to this guy named Kyle. And so so for the next six months, I was just helping Kyle grow in his relationship with Jesus, mm-hmm. and uh, you know we were on this journey together of running after the Lord. And um, and after six months, I encouraged Kyle to go and do the same thing. Mm-hmm. Well, Kyle meets this guy named Edward. So we're about two years in now mm-hmm. to this kind of like discipleship tree, if you will. Mm-hmm. And Edward uh, ends up giving his life to Jesus on our spring break mission trip, mm-hmm. and uh, says after the spring break trip, he says, "So now." who else should I go and share with? Well, he was going home. He was actually a Chinese. He was a he was an international student. He was going home to China that summer. So Kyle encouraged him, uh, well, why don't you pray about sharing this message with some of your family members? Well, about July, in the middle of that, that summer, uh, we start getting pictures and text messages from Edward, uh, who is baptizing entire households in underground churches in China. <laughs> 
and he Man. he just wanted to say, "Hey, I'm having a good time out here. You Look know, this, yeah. I'm having some good days. You know." <laughs> Uh, but the reason I share that is because Rocky had no idea that him getting a sandwich one afternoon mm-hmm. with a freshman guy named Ben at Subway mm-hmm. would two years later lead to people in underground churches right. getting discipled and trained up Crazy. Uh, in the ways of Jesus. Mm-hmm. And that's what happens when we just focus on on the ones and twos. Mm-hmm. And I think when it comes to the who, it, it can be kind of overwhelming to think, I need to go and disciple a bunch of people. Right. No, you just need to be obedient to where the Holy Spirit is leading you mm-hmm. and just ask the Lord, like, who are the one or two people around me, Lord, that you're already working on? Mm-hmm. How can I partner with you in that and helping just to flu- fuel the flame yeah, of that person's faith? And, yeah. you know, that could be a new believer. Uh, that could be somebody who's maybe not even yet walking with Jesus. Yeah. Uh, people who are on a variety of, of different journeys. So, mm-hmm. you know, a, a couple of commitments, just more practically thinking about the who I, w- I would encourage our listeners to think about is commit to identifying one person. Mm. You know, every student is a part of a club, an organization, a fraternity, a sorority, um, a class. You know, Mm -hmm. there are people around all of us that God is working on. He's moving in their hearts and lives. Mm -hmm. And sometimes we just need to ask the Holy Spirit and be receptive enough to just ask the question, God, who are you working in right now? And how, you know, like I said, how can I partner with you in that? God, would you highlight those people to me? Mm -hmm. And just ask God for one. Um, The second thing would be uh, commit to pray. You know, I've heard it said before, we must talk to God about men before we talk to men about God. I like that. Uh, If there is anybody who can change somebody's heart, it is not me. It is not you. It is God alone, (laughs) right? that's good, man. And so develop a VIP list, uh, Mm. very important prayer list all right yeah so you know (laughs) we'll we'll go with it yeah Yeah. (laughs) uh you know and and commit to pray for these people for six weeks right and just see how god might move in their hearts how he might move in their lives Mm -hmm. you know rocky he actually did this he committed to pray for six weeks that he would meet one other person to invest in during his time in college Mm. at the end of that six weeks was the day was the like the exact time period uh he met me in subway so (laughs) there's nothing special about six weeks there is something special about committing to pray, yeah, though, pray. Uh, and investing in the secret place for people. And then the last one would just be commit to build relationship with people, That's right? Really good. We yeah. don't want people to think that they are our project, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. People belong to God. And so I think discipleship is a combination of both direction, and that direction is Jesus, mm-hmm. but then also affection. You want to couple it with real relationship and, and mm-hmm. love. You know, our goal is to look somebody in the eye and say, hey, we believe in you, and we want to help you grow and mature in your relationship with Jesus. So mm-hmm. commit to identify one person, commit to pray, and then commit to be a relational builder with the people around you. Yeah. That's good. That encouragement to find the few is so important. I mean, if if Jesus could handle 12 at a time, you know, you would think our capacity is even <laughs> even lower than that. One, two, three, that that sounds more our speed, right? Yeah. So, if we're just praying, if we're just praying like God send me, you know, let, help me find one hungry person, yeah. two hungry people, whatever. Yeah. Um, just what a what a prayer that God would be delighted to answer, right? So just be radical in your prayer that God would send uh, a couple people who want to know him better. Yeah. And I just want to say on that too, man, God God is going to be faithful to that. I was in a conversation yesterday with one of our senior 
life group leaders. And this particular person has literally been praying for the last three years that they would meet one other person that is hungry for Jesus, mm-hmm. that they would just be able to be an encouragement to and yeah. you know walk in a discipleship-type relationship. And God answered that prayer mm-hmm. like literally two weeks ago. Yeah. And he told me, he was like, Ben, God is so faithful. Yeah. Like He will answer the prayers that we pray. Uh, in this category and in other ones in yeah. our lives. It's just cool. Yeah, praise God. So cool. So we're praying. We feel like God's highlighting some some people for us to uh, be that encouragement to, to, to bring closer to Jesus. Once you kind of have those people in mind and you're getting started on, on you know, doing the discipleship together, what would you say is the, the game plan or maybe some different kind of ideas for game plans on how you can uh, be sharpening one another through discipleship. What does that look like? You, we want the blueprint. You want yes, the, I want the blueprint. The, the, the game plan. All the right. playbook. The playbook. Let me, let okay. me see it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> all right. Well, have have not arrived at this, but mm-hmm. I think there's a few plays uh, that you can integrate Great. into your discipleship <laughs> playbook. So, you know, just kind of higher level here, uh, looking to what Jesus did, very simple, very simply, mm-hmm. I think Jesus primarily did three things in his method. Number one, he told his disciples, come and see. Okay, John 131 is a great example of this. Come, he replied, and you will see. Mm-hmm. Come and see who I am. Come and see everything about me. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm just going to invite you, and I'm going to extend an invitation. Come and see Jesus. All right, number mm-hmm. two, he said, follow me. Matthew, Matthew 419, come follow me, Jesus said, and I will send you out to fish for people. Mm-hmm. So when Jesus said, come follow me, I think he was saying, hey, come and follow my teachings. Come mm-hmm. and follow the things I'm going to show them uh, to you, and I want you to begin to just take them in and absorb mm-hmm. them. And then lastly, Jesus said, join me. Yeah. So Mark 314, it says, he appointed 12 that they might be with him, and he might send them out mm-hmm. to preach, all right? So it wasn't just that they were taking in knowledge. Mm-hmm. and learning these teachings that Jesus was revealing to them, but they were responding to them, yeah. right? There was there was an obedience-based aspect. There you go. So I mm-hmm. think higher level in general, we want to encourage other people to say, hey, come and see this guy named Jesus right. who has changed my life. Mm-hmm. And then let's follow him together. Let's look at his teachings in the scriptures together. Mm-hmm. Let's read the Bible, you know? Let's read a, a great book. Let's listen to a sermon together, whatever yeah. it may be. Let's follow Jesus together, and then let's join him mm-hmm. in his mission. You know, let's cool. live out the kingdom of God uh, together. So mm-hmm. I think that's, you know, just a little bit higher level. Uh, to be a little more practical, I would say in general, it's better to tailor discipleship to the person and not the person to discipleship. Mm-hmm. So what I mean by that is everybody is on their own journey when yep. it comes to growing in their, their walk with Jesus. Mm-hmm. Major on their needs first. Uh, mm-hmm. Meet them right where they're at. Uh, you might even just learn what make what makes them tick. Like mm-hmm. what are they what are they passionate about? Yeah. And spend the necessary time to get invested in those things in their lives. Yeah. So that you earn the opportunity to really be heard and you can you can build trust with them. You know, mm-hmm. I know it sounds a little silly, but when I was in college, I loved intramural volleyball. Rocky joined an intramural volleyball team <laughs> so we could just do life together, you know? Yeah. Um, but that, the, that actually meant so much to me. Uh-huh. And it created this trust in my heart that was like, hey, I'm, you know, I want to be vulnerable with you. I want to open up uh, my life to you because you're getting to know me, you know, mm-hmm. and you're meeting me right where I'm at. So don't fall in love with programs. Yeah. Fall in love with 
purpose uh, or the heart of discipleship. There's mm-hmm. not a one-size-fits-all uh, model. Again, our number one goal is to just look someone in the eye and say, we believe in you, mm-hmm. we're going after Jesus, join me in that. Yeah. Now, with that being said, I would say over the last 10 years of walking in discipleship, both receiving it and then giving it out to other people, mm-hmm. I've seen that it's helpful to have both an organized component in an organic component of your discipleship time. Yeah. So say you have an hour every Thursday afternoon that you're gonna meet with somebody at a particular coffee shop or you're gonna go and do something. Mm-hmm. I think it's helpful to spend some of that time doing something organized. Yeah. Some organized practicals you can do, you can break it up into look up, look in, and look out. First, look up, how's your relationship with God going? Mm-hmm. How are you and God? Look in, how are you doing on the inside, emotionally, yeah. you know, spiritually, like what's going on inwardly? Mm-hmm. And then looking out, uh, how's it going sharing God's love uh, with other people? So mm-hmm. that that's a good one. Another one you can do is worship word and prayer. Spend mm-hmm. a little time in the word, spend a little time in worship, and then spend a little time agreeing with each other for different things uh, that you're praying that's for. Cool. Mm-hmm. I wanna give a, a, a practical, shout out on the organized side of things we mm-hmm. actually have an antioch discipleship app mm-hmm. so if you're looking for a place to get started this is a great simple way to get going on discipleship mm-hmm. it's got three different tracks one for a non-believer one for somebody who's new to their faith and one who's a mature believer growing in their faith mm-hmm. and what i love about the discipleship app is that it uses a method called discovery bible study we often talk about that dbs mm-hmm. around here And what I like about DBS is that it points people to obedience. And I think sometimes the gap that is holding believers back and people who are growing in their faith back um, is the gap between what we know and the way we're actually living. And so it's important for us to not be educated beyond our obedience. So Mm. we don't want to just talk about the ways of Jesus. We want to talk about how are they going to change me? How are they going to change my heart? How are they going to change my mind? How's my life going to look different Mm -hmm. as a result of blank thing that I'm examining or reading or looking at? And the discipleship app uh, can do that. Maybe we can even attach it um, in the the show notes there to get people connected. So Mm -hmm. you want to have an organized component, but you also want to have... An, or, uh, an organic component. First yeah. uh, Thessalonians 2.8 says this, this is the, the disciples talking, because we loved you so much, we were delighted to share with you not only the gospel of God, so not only the teachings, mm-hmm. but our very lives as well. Yeah. In other words, we loved you so much that we didn't just tell you what to do or how to do it, but we brought you close mm-hmm. to our lives. We modeled the ways of the kingdom to you. Mm-hmm. I think all great discipleship relationships have a life-on-life component to them. Yeah. And sometimes people remember more of how we treat them and what we showed them than what we told them. Yeah. And I remember for me, um, Rocky, my, my freshman year, he called me one afternoon and he just said, Ben, um, do you want to go to HEB and, and pick up my groceries with me? And I was thinking... Uh, I guess, you know, like, do you, are you, al- are you lonely? Like, do you need some help getting your turkey? Like, what's the deal, you know? Um, and, uh, and I was like, yeah, sure. So, so we went, well, what I didn't know is that it was actually a setup to share the gospel gotcha. uh, with other people. So maybe don't trick people, all right? Maybe be transparent about what you're going to be doing. But we ended up sharing the gospel at HEB, man, and I walked out of there and my mind was blown. Yeah. 
because I had never shared the gospel in public, mm. and I never realized how hungry people were in general just for prayer. Mm. And that's all we did. We went around and just said, hey, we love Jesus. We belong to a local church here. We're just offering prayer if anybody needs a blessing today. Mm-hmm. And literally the, the clerk that checked us out, she's in tears just sharing her life with us and Man. being open. Uh, but he he was modeling things right. He he mm-hmm. was there was a life on life piece to it, and he got his turkey, you know, at the end of the day. So uh, organized. <laughs> he got his errands done. Good. Yeah, he got his errands <laughs> done, uh, and built the kingdom. You know, uh, organized and organic. I think helps with the what question. Totally. Yeah, I want to add one more thing, just from my my first discipleship experience as well. As a sophomore, there's this uh, upperclassman who just took an interest in me, asked if I wanted to go, you know, start a little discipleship with him. And I was just like, I was such a knucklehead with this guy. So hard to get a hold of. So like, so flaky on meetings. So like, just just not at all the ideal disciple or anything like that, right? Uh, but this guy was just so consistent and just texting me, just just being concerned for me, asking how he can be praying for me, stuff like mm-hmm. that, just really pursuing me. Mm-hmm. And it, you know, that year, I, it kind of just fizzled because I was so, I was so like <laughs> reluctant, so hard to get a hold of. Yeah. But now, even now, looking back, now that means way more to mm-hmm. me than even that, even it did then. Mm-hmm. Like just him trying to encourage me, just just him being uh, for me and and just taking an interest in me. Yeah. Man, that did so much for, for me wanting to know the Lord more and uh, me wanting to grow. You know, just, just a guy's encouragement, just an older dude seeing me and, and saying like, hey, I believe in you. Yeah. I want to invest in you. Yeah. Uh, Awesome. Even when I wasn't ready to receive it, right? But just him, <laughs> him being there for me was so powerful. Mm-hmm. Y'all, I think another just important thing to note with uh, discipleship, I've heard it said of, from a few different leaders from Antioch, but uh, just how discipleship is really just all about just a culture. I, I like how you emphasize obedience. You could just say it's yeah. like a, it's a culture of obedience, you know, yeah. and if if me and you know my friends if we're if we're followers of jesus and jesus is really our everything that's just the it's our culture now right it's just the water that we're swimming in is is jesus and obeying him right so if you're just developing relationships where where your culture is jesus Mm -hmm. and like the kingdom and Mm -hmm. obeying him and pursuing him Mm -hmm. i think you're doing discipleship (laughs) you know like you're you're, it's just who you're it's who you are uh like we started if who you are is a disciple what you're going to be doing just by living like is discipleship. Yes. Uh, it doesn't mean it just comes naturally or simply all the time, which is why we have some tools. But but if you are pursuing Jesus to your like to the best of your ability as hard as you can, if you look around, you're probably doing discipleship with the people around you. Yeah. Uh, and that's where we see the kingdom come to life. That's, that's awesome. where we see God's plan uh, bearing fruit in the world around us. So Y'all, discipleship is is so, so important. And one final encouragement, just for any listeners who are like, man, I'd really like to have a Rocky in my life. Like, I'm, I'm really looking for someone to show me the ropes. How do I yeah. do this? Um, I want to encourage you guys. You can actually email me, uh, jordan at Antioch Fort Worth. Uh, if you're a part of our ministry, we'd love to get you connected with someone. We have tons of hungry people who are looking for people to invest in, right? That, that are, would be more than happy to meet regularly, uh, take you to HEB, make you do their groceries, <laughs> stuff like that. Um, but, 
reach out. We would love to get you connected with someone that could really show you uh, what it's like to follow Jesus with your whole heart. So thank you guys so much for listening. We look forward to bringing you more encouraging content. So keep your eye out for that. Uh, But until next time, this has been the AFW College Podcast.